Welcome to What in the World, a project initiated by Hungry for Life International. Today's podcast is titled Fundraising During COVID, and Jess will be interviewing Giverji. So grab your headphones, sit back, relax, and listen as they talk with the fundraising experts and tech whizzes, Giverji. Okay. Hi, and welcome back to another week of our podcast, What in the World, with Hungry for Life. So this week's topic is a bit different. It's geared towards our fellow nonprofit organizations who are also struggling to know what direction to take with their fundraisers this year. So COVID has put uh, everyone to the test as far as being innovative and adaptable. And so here today to help walk us through some great solutions is Jack Rigglesworth from Givergy. So hi, Jack. Hello. We're doing this on Zoom. Yeah, thanks for joining. We're doing this on Zoom, so it might be a little bit delayed. So I'm going to give you some, well, there might be some awkward timing situations here. But more good silences. I'm used to that. (laughs) Aren't we all at this point? Um, So Givergy is a company that Hungry for Life has been using for the past three years, going on four now. And I'm going to let Jack, tell tell us a bit about what Givergy is. So, Jack, can you tell us a bit about Givergy? What do they do? How many years have you guys been in business, etc.? Yeah, absolutely. And first and foremost, thanks for thanks for inviting me on. We've obviously worked together now for a few years, and when you asked us to come on, it was our pleasure. So, um, yeah, thank you for that. And in terms of Givergy, like we're we're actually in our eleventh year. Nice. And we originated, as you may guess, from the UK. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and then around seven years ago, we decided to, you know, spread our wings, so to speak, and come into North America. Um, and seeing here today, we are a, we, you know, we've come into North America and we're a, we're a global company. So Givergy has offices, our head offices in the UK. Um, we're in Australia, Hong Kong, all across the States. And then with specific reference to Canada, we've, we're in three, three major regions, so Vancouver, Calgary, and Toronto, um, which, you know, so it's been an exciting journey. I've been with Givergy personally for seven years. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, so what do you guys do? It's an exciting time. Yeah. So basically Givergy is a you know, how I describe it, we're a fundraising technology company. Mm-hmm. We provide a platform to charities or, you know, non-for-profits and even profitable businesses that are that are raising money, whether it be, you know, online, and I'm sure we'll come to that shortly, mm-hmm. uh, you know, whether it's virtual during the past year or, or whether it's a live event. Um, and within that platform, Typically, it's a silent auction or, you know, a donation platform. Uh, But with features including like ticketing to an event or a prize draw. Um, So, yeah, essentially a fundraising platform, a fundraising technology platform Mm -hmm. to to support charities in in a bid to raise more money. Right. Yeah. Uh, So I want to tell our audience a bit about our experience with using this tech platform. Um, So the first year, I'll be honest, Mm -hmm. I was probably your worst client because I asked far too many questions and 
was quite a while, <laughs> I'm sure of it. But it was really hard to just bite the bullet and, and book you guys just because there's obviously a cost associated. But we knew, like, we know the, wor- the way the world is going and we knew things had to change and we wanted to be progressive and not fall too far behind. So at that point, I was willing to just do it and prepare to accept failure if that came. And um, yeah, so we just went with with, with it. And also our, our guest demographic is older. Yeah, they were. Yeah. yeah. They were? Okay, I got to be careful. <laughs> so <laughs> anyways, I was just nervous how it would be received. Um, I was nervous that it would take up all of our staffing capacity and it would just be a, a staffing mess on the night of. Uh, but since using Givergy, every year we have reached our goal and beat it, and we didn't fail. Um, and you got your staff was so great. Like as far as, as far as staffing, you sent a couple staff out to our events when we were allowed to have them in person, and uh, you took care of all the staff, all of the guests' questions and trouble shot half the evening. And it was really a really positive experience. And that's why we, we've kept using you. And then last year when COVID hit, that was like, I, I was so thankful that we had used you guys the two years prior because our guests were just used to online bidding at that point. They could sit on their couch. They knew the system. They knew the, how it worked. And then we also used your virtual platform, which is so slick. And you guys had staff on call for us during then too. And we're doing it again this year. And I've debated whether or not we're going to do that. But yes, we're doing a virtual event again this year. (laughs) Don't get me started. (laughs) But yeah, you guys made it really easy. Um, That's that's not the intention of this podcast, but I did want to put that plug in for you guys because you you were awesome. Um, We wanted to pick your your brain about what you guys have discovered working with nonprofits helping them through their fundraisers during COVID. And mm-hmm. I I just feel like COVID has actually put fundraisers in general on a different trajectory now because it's hard to even go, like I'm pretty certain we're going to be able to meet in person this year, but we're choosing not to <laughs> yeah. because, because of this. So um, kind of wanted to focus discussion around that a little bit. What have you found to be, the biggest struggle that nonprofits are facing these days with regards to putting out fun, putting on fundraisers. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, when we talk around, talk about nowadays, we're <laughs> unfortunately it's, it is all online and there has been some struggles, you know, we have had, and there are many events and charities out there that are very comfortable and, you know, happy with the old school pen and paper. But when the pandemic hit, they, you know, they probably sat in their committee rooms and their offices and were like, okay, what, what are we going to do? And you're right when you mentioned earlier, you know, five, four or five years ago, there was a lot of nervousness for mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. moving to technology. You know, there's this, <laughs> I don't know what it is, but whenever you move to a different piece of technology, whether it be a smartphone or a laptop or setting something up, there's nervousness that you might do something wrong. And look, we've definitely seen that. You know, we've had a lot of uh, partners come on board in the past year that have never used technology, let alone Givergy. And there was a lot of nervousness around that. And it's and it's our role, you, you know, whoever you speak to within the company globally to, to try and hold your hand. Mm-hmm. 
um, and to try and ease those fears as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we, when we get into, I guess, the nitty gritty side of things, is there's been a lot of chat and fear among many partners about over-asking over the past year. You know, okay. fear of over-asking your, your donors for support. Okay. You want to explain that a bit? Yeah, I mean it's 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 pretty self-explanatory. There's 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 been a lot of worry from from people that we work with again globally that they're worried that they're going to find themselves in a position that they're asking donors for too much support. Mm. Pretty much in a nutshell. So there's been a lot of fear around that. Mm. Um and also as I said, you know, the online is an unknown territory right. for many. Yeah. And there's, there's a lot of new strategies that come into play mm-hmm. um, when you put your event online. And I can I can speak to that now or, or a little bit later, but there's some key strategies that we walk through uh, with our partners to make them feel more comfortable and actually, most importantly, <laughs> make it a success. Yeah, yeah. And we'll get to key strategies, I think, a little bit yeah. down the way. Um, mm-hmm. So I want to ask a couple questions together here. So what have you found is like the gen- the general feel around fundraisers? And is there, since COVID hit, I know you guys have had to do a ton of adapting as well. Um, do you feel like there's, there's a bit of like a, a climate change as to how our donors are responding? Have you guys had to alter your platforms or um yeah like what is what are our donors doing these days like I I know what our donors are doing but I don't know what other people's donors are doing do you sense that there's a bit of a climate change because of COVID do you know what there there has been and it's probably going to be a a change that shocks a lot of people listening to this if anybody listens to it (laughs) yeah who knows um but there's been a brilliant change. Okay. Um, and for us and for me as well, like it's been really nice to see, especially take, take us back 14 months when there was a lot of panic, you know, huge amount of panic, even for us, you know, what's going to happen? What are we going to do? What is the reaction of the industry when the pandemic started? Mm-hmm. Um, and we saw some statistics come in, you know, late 2020, early 2021. And there was more donations during the pandemic than we've seen in previous years in business. Hmm. Okay. Pure do- pure donations. Hmm. See, Which yeah. says a huge amount about mm-hmm. people and their willingness to support charities and, and causes that are close to their heart or, or whatever it may be. And it, yeah, it's, it was pretty cool. Yeah. So we definitely experienced that last year in our fundraiser as well. And it was a bit of an an anomaly and I was confused by it and I wasn't sure what does this mean for our future of fundraising? Mm -hmm. Um, And that's kind of why we've decided to go that same route again, because with the virtual platform, you can capitalize on reach and like we're sending, we're going to market our event like across Canada, even like we have global partners as well. Like we're hoping that people like given the time, time zones that people will tune in. And this is like such a great platform to, and time of, of our lives to do this. It's mm-hmm. like everything is kind of leveled out. Like 
you can kind of do anything at this point with fundraisers. So um, now is the time to try something new. But um, exactly, and you're totally right. You can really spread your wings as mm -hmm. to who can get involved. Okay. Oh, sorry. Did I cut you off? No, not at all. No. I'm just flying through these questions here. Um, in your experience, what works well for nonprofits in their fundraising endeavors? And feel free to be specific. Like, um, have you seen a lot of people go to, like, have your a lot of your clients decided to switch entirely virtual, uh, hybrid? I know you guys did a webinar and I didn't catch it and I'm sorry, but maybe you can kind of <laughs> explain a bit about uh, what you've seen happen and what yeah, works well. For sure. I mean, what works well? Mm -hmm. I mean, there's, I guess there's three, three categories here that we can touch upon. One being online, mm -hmm. one being virtual, and then one being later in the year when we see the introduction of live events again. And for online, what works well is, you know, you have a little bit of a, a marketing strategy, you know, that's really important. Mm -hmm. um, we often say launch on a Sunday. Yes. If, you, if you're doing just an online campaign, launch on a Sunday, because we know in our experience and the amount of events that we've done, there's far more engagement on a Sunday afternoon evening when we're on our couch you know we're watching a documentary or whatever it may be people are more likely to click on that link and browse your items mm -hmm. for the first time you know rather than sending it on a monday or, or tuesday when people are at work um and with that again on the strategy topic another thing that works well is don't don't kind of uh, don't don't fire all your auction items out in one go oh Okay. Yeah, I, I, I love, I love it when I see partners kind of send, you know, 20 or 30 items out on that Sunday and then another 20 or 30 items, whatever it may be on the Wednesday night, because hmm. as we know, it takes a few touch points in the marketing world to, for, for people to actually click on a link and, and, you know, um, get involved. Yeah. And, it just adds another area of excitement. However, that wording is, you know, um, put together on the client side. Right. It's a, you know, we've got five new exciting items type thing. Right. It gets, builds yeah. the energy and builds the noise from, from internally. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We, we, um, we've always taken your advice about launching on Sundays and it's proven to be quite exciting and, um, engaging. We've we've noticed that within the first day, we have so much pledged already, and we get so excited. <laughs> and so, yeah, the the Sunday the Sunday trick works. Yeah, the Sunday trick works. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but we've we've been like always panicked to to send all, or like get all of our pictures up and everything by that Sunday. But it's kind of good to know and buys me some more time with my staff to slowly yeah. release items. Okay, good yeah. tip. And that's, a, you know, it's a great thing for, for many people in the charity world and putting on events. They don't always have their items ready and raring to go mm -hmm. 10 days before the launch date. Right. Yeah. So you're right. It, it buys them, buys people a little bit of, a little bit of time as well. Mm -hmm. And like you said, it builds excitement. But yes, continue. Go for it. Yeah, yeah exactly. And that's what we want to do. Like mm -hmm. your audience want to see 
you know, a, a, an exciting event about to happen or an exciting online campaign with exciting items. And mm-hmm. they want to feel your, you know, energy as yeah. well. Yeah. Rather than just a laborious online campaign that's, you know, you know, that happens every year and it's the same thing over yes. and over again. Yeah, we want totally. to try and introduce new elements. Mm-hmm. Um, virtual events, you know, a different ball game, to be honest, uh, as, you, as you well know. Um, what works well for virtual events? Quite honestly, keep it as short and sweet as possible. Yes. Don't try and overcomplicate it. And one of the biggest things we've said over the past year is don't try and replicate a live event. Right. That's far too long. You lose people. Far too long and you lose people. Mm-hmm. Crucial those two crucial points are, you know, is gonna what is the difference between a really successful virtual event and, and annoying some people. Right. So what's the sweet spot for timing? Forty five minutes. Okay. Yeah. There you have it. Forty five minutes. Forty five minutes. Mm-hmm. Um most of it being pre recorded content. Right. Um, we say around 90% of your events should be pre-recorded content. And if you do have a live auctioneer or a, you know, a live speaker, keep it within that 10%. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I would say, and this will kind of segue into my next question, but last year we had, we had an issue with lag time for our live auction. Uh-huh. It got messy, and we had some pretty pretty angry folks who thought they won certain live auction auction items because of the delay, the delay when yeah, and it was just not good. So we're not doing that again this year. So yeah, like you said, ninety percent pre-recorded is a great yeah. idea. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it again takes the stress away from the organizer. Mm-hmm. You haven't got that nervousness come the night of that where everything's going to be live and you're worried about lag time or right, yeah. Wi-Fi and all this type of stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so that segues into my next question, which is what is a common fail that you always tell your clients to avoid? This is a good question. Um, there's a few things. Okay. Now the fundraising trend globally, it, you know, the fewer items, the more money you're going to raise. And that's not saying if you have five items, you're going to raise more than when you had 100. Mm-hmm. But typically, it's more quality over quantity. So less items. Yeah. So typically what we see and have done for many, many years is, is quality over quantity will raise you more money. Okay. Um, so I always try and encourage people to just look at their items and think okay do you really need that isn't is that going to raise you more can it be coupled with something Mm -hmm. um otherwise if you have a shopping list of items Mm -hmm. um i fear that you won't see the results will be as strong as uh, as if you had kind of fewer items yeah you know, Jack, I'm kind of remembering the first conversation I had with you when I told you we had 200 items and you, you like, <laughs> were a little shocked. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually remember that conversation. I'm like, oh yeah, we have like 200 items normally, but then we cut it back to like 50 to 80 this last year. Yeah. It was the best yeah. yet. It was our best year. Exactly. Yeah. So, you, you know, you, you made a drastic change there. Yeah obviously worked out for you and if we were sitting in the uk right now yeah 
you'd be surprised even more. They probably average around 30, uh, 20 to 30 items per event. No way. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So really different strategy going on there and mindset. Right. Well, that would save me a lot of headache of, <laughs> of like procuring items. That's always just such a, oh, I always dread starting that, but uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I don't want you to go to 20 items. I don't think that would be a good shift, but you, you went, you went, you did well from. Yeah. Yeah. We'll probably stick around 50 to 80 or something. like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, other common fails. I mean, we, yeah, we've, we've covered one virtual events being way too long mm-hmm. and even online campaigns okay. wanting to run for a month. Oh, is too is too long because okay. the whole point of fundraising tech is 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 competition. Mm-hmm. As you know, you, you're out, you get outbid, and and you get those texts or those emails and and whatnot. And if you first go onto your event or somebody else's event, you see that the close date is six weeks down the line. What? You're just gonna you're not gonna go on, and and the, and the likelihood is you might forget about it. Mm-hmm. So keep it short and sweet. And the same for, as I said, virtual events. We've seen some events that can last a little bit too long. So mm-hmm. you lose engagement. And if you lose engagement, you lose participation. And yeah. then you lose, you, you know, you potentially lose revenue there. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So the the two big pieces that we talk about weekly. Okay. With, with, with clients to try and, guide them down the right path you know yes (laughs) yes I've heeded your advice and I am so thankful I have um okay how about this one what are some old trends of fundraising that don't work anymore and also opposite what are some new trends worth noting okay oh I mean old trends the classic I would say pen and paper ah yes okay if you're doing pen and paper, now is the time. Get now is the time. Bite, bite the bullet. Yeah. Um, I promise mm-hmm. you, you're in good hands. Whatever <laughs> you do, you know, whatever yeah. technology route you go down, you'll you'll see some brilliant results. And, and yeah, time mm-hmm. for change, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, some new trends, I guess. One thing that one thing that we've noticed and really believe in is is the video capabilities within a fundraising platform. Okay. Um, Because we noticed a while ago now that a fundraising platform doesn't necessarily have the ability to tell a story. Mm -hmm. And I know I'm sure you've experienced it when you watch a video of, of something, you can get emotional and you can really relate sometimes or you really buy into what they're saying or whatever and that's the moment that you give mm-hmm. and you participate mm-hmm. um and with the world moving online and for many not having that person to tell a story is that it's like the missing missing piece of the puzzle hmm. um so with the introduction of the video capabilities, I think is going to be a bit of a, a game changer mm-hmm. and I'm really welcomed by the industry, you yeah. know, for the, for the ability to pop your video on, on a platform yeah. um, and for someone to really just tell their story 
surrounding that event or the cause or, or what they're doing. And I think we're going to see a, an even even more engagement that, than than what we used to when we transitioned from pen and paper to technology. Right. So I think these are some of the new trends that are going to come out of the, this year. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, been, there's been a lot of talk about hybrid. Yes. As a, as a new trend. Yep. Um, so what that means for those that perhaps don't know what that means is, is you know, having a live event, but also it being broadcasted as a virtual event for donors, not for in reach. Or yeah. support for reach or mm-hmm. for, you know, for, 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 for guests and people that are supporting that organization outside that region or province or country even. Mm-hmm. Um, and it obviously different per, per organization, but, we're we're in the right in the middle of that you know mm-hmm. trying to figure out if this is going to be a trend that is going to you know Stick skyrocket or yeah or if you know if there's no bite for it whatsoever right um and the way we see it is it's going to be different obviously for different organizations that have a different type of demographic yeah um you know we do support a lot of partners that have a a large reach mm-hmm. for which that might work really well. Right. Um, yeah. We've toyed a- around a lot with the hybrid versus just virtual. So, I mean, what what we've decided to do is like, it's it's just too much manpower that we don't have at the moment. So we're just doing virtual and then, and then picking key donors who don't know we're picking them yet key donors to host host their own parties of however many people they want to have at their home so then it's tailored they can they can make the evening however they want to make it with the 45 minute program that we're going to inject in there somewhere so yeah it's like not really like considered hybrid because we're not hosting an event but we are trying to to market these these watch parties so that's but like you said it's still so new and like I don't know if it's going to work. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah, I mean, we don't know everything. Don't, you know, let's not get that impression. We don't know everything. And it's certainly going to be an interesting time over the next four months or so. Mm-hmm. And especially in, in BC here, we're trying to predict what restrictions are going to be lifted and then, you know, how organizations are going to react. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're also led by you. Oh yeah. And we're relying on you. So I see a problem here. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, you know, we're running a little bit out of time here. So I, I wanted to ask you, I mean, Givergy is such a great solution and I mean, all there's, there's a, anything tech, let's just be real here. Um, so can you tell us a bit about like the benefits of using a platform for online bidding and also, what are some unique functions that would save us nonprofits a big headache? Um, okay, so some, I guess some, so maybe some takeaways. Yep, there you go. Some takeaways. So some takeaways. Certainly, as we're coming out of this pandemic and we are looking to live events, um, it's all about strategy. Mm-hmm. It's one thing that I, I bang on about. Uh, you know, all day, every day is let's look at your strategy. Because at the end of the day, that's going to be crucial. And it might be different to what you've experienced before. Sure. But when you're utilizing technology, 
you have to implement a strategy around that. And yeah, I'm open to, to speaking about that more at a later date and really dive into that because it's so, so crucial. Mm-hmm. Um, some unique functions that, that I spoke about, the video capabilities that's, um, that's on its way, which we're very excited about. And, and I think it's going to be a really incredible thing for, for events and online events, especially. Yep. Um, you know about our, you know, our losing bids feature, which I think is a cool yes. little feature. Yes. Um, so that just to just to highlight is the ability for, for an organization to contact losing bidders after the event and ask them if they'd like to convert that losing bid into a donation. Mm-hmm. And don't be scared to do it, right? <laughs> And don't be scared to do it. That guest can yeah. can always reduce that donation to ten dollars. Mm-hmm. But that's one person participating. Then you know, then they might not have before that right. notification or something. So for sure, that's a great one. Yeah, um, the Givergy community, which people may not know too much about either, is a is a Givergy portal, pretty much, which mm-hmm. has got every FAQ you know, how to guide every bit of advice possible you can think of, mm-hmm. you know, to really help our partners through their Givergy journey and their event journey. Um, and it's, uh, so that's a great tool that comes with anything that we do um, here to support you guys. So um, that's certainly a, a good tool. Um, there's a donate an item feature so I know there's a trend in the industry where, you know, you're reaching out to donors and there's Excel spreadsheets being created. There's a donate an item functionality on the, on the Givergy platform that you can send directly to your donors when asking for auction items. They I can didn't fill know in that. that. Okay, yeah. And it syncs with the Givergy back end. Oh, cool. So you miss out the middleman, so to speak. Totally. You know, yeah, uh, that's great. Being that Excel spreadsheet. Yeah. That we've all grown to love. <laughs> Oh, I know. We um, still have them. Oh, yeah. We're, we're Excel. Uh, we're going yeah. Excel hard here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so there's a few there. There's a few there that, that yeah. the features and functions that are quite unique. and, and... I love the, the uh, um, every year we get a million different reports from you guys. Uh, one of them being like your top 10 selling items, the top or like the worst selling items. And we've really been able to tailor our items using like the past few years of of the top 10 items which has been very helpful surprisingly deep fryers deep fryers is that a thing <laughs> deep fryers sell so well it's deep hilarious fryers and air fryers yeah <laughs> us us fraser valley folk we like to deep fry everything um yeah so uh okay well, that's last... good to know yeah, <laughs> yeah right <laughs> okay last question what's one piece of advice you would love us nonprofits to hear Oh, uh, that's a great question. I, I want to, I want to say strategy because yep. I cannot say how important it is. Okay. Um, and there's a different strategy for an online event versus a virtual event versus a live event. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, you know, having been so lucky enough to be in this industry for seven years, I would, I would love to talk to people about strategy, try and break down their event yeah. and really focus on the importance of that and your demographic and having your live auctioneer 
buy into the cause mm -hmm. rather than just rock up on stage and arrive to the event 10 minutes early. Right. Um, uh, so I would say strategy. And when we look at live events, my piece of advice would be to aim for a hundred percent participation. That's a good one. A good goal. Because we know at Givergy and you know at Hungry for Life, everybody in that room can pledge something. Mm -hmm. And I'll finish with this. The best event that I've ever been to was in New York. There was 800 people in a room and they hit that 100% participation goal. Nice. And they had a, every guest had a serviette in their hand. They all stood up. They were all, you know... It's like, it's like that famous, the crowd went wild. And yeah. it was such a cool atmosphere. It was yeah. so brilliant to see. Like there was this sense of unity in the room. Mm -hmm. And I know we're going to go back to it. We know we're going to go back to live events. And to achieve that would be something special, not only for the numbers, but for your donors. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Great advice. Yeah. We should make that our goal. We can all virtual or at our parties tune in and do the yeah. serviette fly. I like it. Um, well, that concludes all the questions I had for you, Jack. Thanks so much for popping on this call. I know I know you had a busy day, so we appreciate it. Um, Absolute pleasure. Thank you so for having us. If anyone wants to get a hold of you or Givergy, how would they do that? Um, phone or email is fine. Mm -hmm. it's, all the information is on um, on the Givergy on the Givergy website which is givergy.com. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Perfect. And so that's how you can get a hold of Jack if you're if you're looking for him. Um, and also wanted to put out to our fundraiser fundraiser listeners right now. I've started a Facebook group called Fraser Valley Fundraising Forum just to, as a place for local nonprofits to come together and help each other and address common issues and come up with some good solutions together. I know we have a lot to offer each other. So head there to start a discussion. And I'll, Jack, I'll link uh, Givergy's information in there too. And yeah, that was a, a lot of good quality advice in there. Thanks, Jack. And I'm sure we'll be in touch soon. But Thank you so much. Yeah. All right. Thanks. Thank That's you. That's a wrap. Thanks for listening to What in the World, where we seek to educate and inspire. Here at Hungry for Life, we are passionate about your group having a global impact and eradicating needless suffering. For more information, head over to our website at hungryforlife.org. And you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and wherever you may listen to podcasts. Tune in every other week for another conversation about what is happening at Hungry for Life.